live from the College of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at Michigan State University. It is now time to go beyond the X's and the O's with WKAR's Current Sports. You want to go after an athlete? One of my athletes? Come after me! I'm a man. I'm 40. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a star to receive a life crashing, that's the result you're going to get. Yes, did I express to them I was mad? I was furious. Just furious. I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. We're talking about practice, not a game. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here eh, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. Here's your host, L. Martin. people welcome to what is one of the most exciting days here on WKAR's current sports at least for me personally in this show's history it is not just Wednesday June 23rd 2021 but it is the day after finding out that my Detroit Pistons, the Detroit Pistons that, that haven't been a relevant professional basketball team since the early 2000s, the Detroit Pistons, a, a franchise that has broken my heart so many times, year after year after year, a franchise that has not been a legitimate championship contender. And I don't know how long. Finally, something good happened to us last night. No, 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 no. Not something good. Something great happened to us last night. Just minutes before tip-off of Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals between the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers. The NBA Draft Lottery took place. I previewed it a, a bit yesterday. Went in depth and, and, and talked about the chances of the Detroit Pistons landing the number one overall pick. And they had the second best eyes to do it right alongside the Houston Rockets. And as that, that, that draft lottery began to unfold, as... The names of every team were called 14 on in. And pick after pick was named. 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. And I did not hear the Detroit Pistons called on any of those picks. I began to get more excited and more excited and more excited. To the point where I, I went from leaning back on my couch to sitting up to on my two feet as it got dwindled down to the top four picks 
then all of a sudden you see you see Ben Wallace pop up on the screen. He was the Detroit Pistons representative. And then it was announced that my Detroit Pistons have the number one overall pick in this year's upcoming NBA draft. I lost my mind for about five minutes. I began yelling, fist pumping, running around my living room. <laughs> uh, then immediately tweeting and then putting out a status on my Facebook page. I mean, I have not felt that good about anything Pistons related in a long, long time. It felt like a release for me. And then I had to sit down and say, okay, let me let me rewind that. Was that was that a dream? Is that for real? Oh, man. The Pistons have the number one overall draft pick, folks. And they are a shoe-in now to draft, who I believe is a franchise-changing player. Because when you look at the NBA today, and you really break it down, you know, what what kind of players really change the league today? Well, alongside guards, right? you got to have good guard play. The stretch forward has become a staple in the in, in the NBA. And when you look at the NBA draft, Cade Cunningham scouts, GMs, and coaches just drool over this dude from Oklahoma State. He's amazing. He's six foot eight, two twenty. Can take you inside, outside. He's athletic. He's everything that you want in, in a in a franchise changing player. I really like Cade a lot. He is the consensus number one prospect. And, you know, then it was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN's insider into the NBA. He is the number one insider when it comes to the NBA. It was reported by Woj that Cade is only going to visit one team prior to the draft, and that is the Detroit Pistons. So, yeah. Trey Weaver, Detroit Pistons general manager who has – I think Trey Weaver, he has really orchestrated what really was the greatest tank, one of the greatest tank seasons of all time, right? I mean, just look at it. He got rid of two veterans, right? I mean, you get rid of Andre Drummond. You you, you get rid of Blake Griffin. You get rid of Reggie Jackson. I mean, and, and then... You, you know, you get rid of them, but the Pistons, even though they had one of the worst records in the in the association this past season, they were still playing exciting competitive basketball. You know, losing with young players, with young talent, young promising talent, like Sadiq Bey and, and Jeremy Grant. And, you know, two of the rookies were among the best in the league. So even though you lost a lot of games, you still were competitive. You you still, you know, competed and you played exciting basketball and you showed a lot of promise when it comes to your young talent while losing games. And now you are rewarded with the number one overall draft pick. Does it get any better than that? You know, and and with the Pistons bad luck when it comes to the NBA draft for so many years. You know, I, I sat on my couch when, when the draft lottery started, I sat on my couch and said, okay, how can this go bad for the Pistons? I can't lie. 
you know, you begin to think negative as a fan because you don't want to get your hopes up. You know, you want to mentally prepare yourself for the disappointment because you have been disappointed so many different times. But I don't know, man, as 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 the lottery went on and other teams began to be called, not named the Pistons, I got more and more excited and I began to have a lot of hope. And that hope paid off. We need to have Ben Wallace now at the NBA draft as the Pistons representative like every year. My goodness. It was good to see Big Ben, you know, who uh, who will soon to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be a Hall of Famer very soon. Uh, it was good to see Big Ben sitting there and putting up the number one. Uh, he, he brought some luck to us, man. Thank you so much, Ben Wallace. <laughs> oh, man. And the first words, the first thought, I should say, out of uh, the mind of, of Detroit Pistons GM Troy Weaver, quote, praise God. That's a direct quote. Praise God. That, that was his first thought when the Pistons name um, popped up on the screen as, as the number one overall draft pick. You know, and finally, there is just this, ah, there's this shining beacon of hope, right? You know, at least for one of our Detroit sports franchises. Now, look, I think the Detroit Lions are on the up and up. You know, they made the right decision. We'll see if Dan Campbell can coach. But, you know, uh, they got rid of Matthew Stafford. They freed up a lot. I think the Pistons um, and the Lions are on the up and up. Uh, The Wings, you know, you got Stevie Y over there doing his job. I think the Wings are going to be fine in maybe like three to five years. Tigers, uh, I don't know about the the Tigers. If if out of out of the four, the Tigers are in dead last place. I don't I don't know Al Lavilla. I don't I just don't trust Al Lavilla at all. But now you look at this, you know, for the Pistons. I mean, this is this is amazing. And, and for those, you know, I got into a little bit of debate on my on my Facebook page yesterday. For those questioning whether or not Kay Cunningham is the solidified number one overall draft pick because my cousin brought up, you know, Jalen Suggs, who I love a lot. You know, Jalen Suggs is great, but you you want to look at this from a standpoint of potential and who can come in right away and have an immediate impact. That's what the number one overall draft pick is for. Some guy who comes in and, and develops over the course of three to five years, uh-uh, that's not what the number one draft pick is about. It's about who is NBA ready right now and who has the best potential, along with being NBA ready, to be a superstar. And right now, there's no arguing that it's it's Cade Cunningham. Simple as that. And I mentioned how, you know, you almost need like a, a stretch forward to, to be highly competitive in today's NBA because there are so many in the game today. Cunningham, 6'8", 220, guard slash forward. He'll be 20 years old in September. Young pup. Averaged 20 points, 6 rebounds, almost 4 assists per game. Shot 43.8% overall, 40% on three-pointers, and 84% from the charity stripe over 27 games with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Cowboys were a number four seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they lost in the second round. Cade didn't have a a great showing. But look, 
You look at his body of work at Oklahoma State, and it's hard to argue with, folks. You can't argue it, in my opinion. And I think, you know, you you pair his talent with the already stellar young talent that, that's on this squad, and I think the Pistons have potential to to be a really, really special team come next season. I really do believe that. You know, I, I, I went on the record yesterday and talked about, you know, how I believe that the Pistons, you know, they could be that Atlanta Hawks surprise squad next year where they could be a five or six seed in the NBA's Eastern Conference and, and maybe, you know, have a few upsets, shock a few people next season. I really do believe that. And this is just good for the city, man. You know, it was great just just scrolling on Twitter, scrolling on Instagram, scrolling on my Facebook page, and seeing the reactions of Detroit sports fans everywhere. You know, heck, I saw Maria Taylor, you know, um, on the ESPN broadcast. On her Twitter page, she had a video of, of our guy Jalen Rose, Detroit's own Jalen Rose, who does a stellar job on the the ESPN NBA broadcast. Born and raised in Detroit. Of course, he went to U of M, a part of the Fab Five. We all know Jalen's history. Jalen was was watching at at you know one of the bars next to the broadcast booth, and he just went crazy, slapping fives with people, you know, as he as he watched on the television broadcast, the Pistons name pop up. Just just awesome. And then just people's reaction, you know, for, that I know, you know, homies that I know, posting videos saying Detroit basketball, right? Shout out to Mason, longtime PA announcer for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> you know, uh, just going crazy, man. You know, and, and everybody just on Twitter, just just loving it, man. Just embracing this. And then, and what also very cool stuff, I put on my Instagram page, um, on my Instagram story, it was a video of, of Ben Wallace FaceTiming his former teammate, part of that 2004 NBA championship team led by the, the great Larry Brown. I should say Rick Carlisle as well, right? I won't go on that rant. <laughs> uh, they, they FaceTimed each other and they were just, just ecstatic, just ecstatic. And, and the Pistons posted, um, a photo of Ben on the FaceTime with Rip Hamilton and uh, with, with the, uh, the caption quote, we got the number one pick. Yes, sir. You know, that was, that was Rip's thing back in the day. So um, this is awesome, man. You know, Troy Weaver, I, I just, I get this, this confident feeling with him because every move that Troy Weaver has made, I have I have absolutely loved. I love it. You know, everything that that Trey Weaver has done in, in just his first year with the Pistons has been just unbelievable. It, it really has. You know, it, it's been it's been so cool to to watch and 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 break down, you know. It's it's amazing. I mean, let's just look at again. I, I I revisited this last month, and and kind of just kind of broke down some of his best moves. But just just to remind you guys what he has done: signing Jeremy Grant in the offseason, 
As I've mentioned, Grant has evolved from, what, like a role player into really one of the best wings in the game. And, and his ascension has been major for the Pistons' growth. Just awesome stuff. And and, that, and I think that's really symbolic of Weaver's ability to see past what a guy can really be. He has, an, he has an eye for talent. He's got an eye for potential. And then check this. I mean, drafting Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart. You know, and if the draft was was it was able to be redone in any way, shape, or form, looking at what the Pistons were able to get out of Hayes, Bay, and Stewart, I think those three will probably go in the top ten. You know, Bay is breaking le- records left and right. Hayes has looked smooth. He's looked confident since returning from you know since he returned from that injury. And you know, I look at Isaiah Stewart. You know, Beef Stew, the best center from his draft class so far. Love it. Weaver, able to trade Derrick Rose for Dennis Smith Jr., who has shown some flashes. He took a chance on veterans like Mason Plumley, who was nearly averaging a double-double. How about Wayne Ellington? Throw him into the mix. He had, he he this past year he was one of the NBA's top three uh top three point specialists, excuse me. Those are solid veterans that you bring in for experience. They play the game the right way, great mentors to the young pups. Then you take on Josh Jackson, Detroit's own, who had lottery talent that had not been realized yet. Josh was still trying to figure the game out. But but he was a nice surprise last season. And I think if he develops a consistent jumper, he can be one of the best value contracts in the league. I think he can thrive in Detroit. And then Trey Weaver finds Saban Lee in the second round of the draft. Lee was forced into duty due to injuries and also looks like a talent who was undervalued and, and could be an impact player in the future. Troy Weaver also shipped out Svi McCulloch for Hamidou Diallo. I think he has a much higher ceiling. I think Diallo has a much higher ceiling. Troy Weaver took a chance on Tyler Cook. That's already paid off dividends. Troy Weaver signed Frank Jackson to a two-way contract. He's solid and, and, and can shoot the three. And this was all... In Troy Weaver's first season. And oh yeah, by the way, he did it while being tethered to Blake Griffin and that awful contract. Not having any real assets to work with. How amazing is that? That that right there. I mean, I just gave you, what, like 10 different moves that Troy Weaver made that, that paid off into positive vibes for the red white and royal blue that's just his first season can you just imagine what's going to unfold now that the pistons have the number one overall draft pick and now troy reaver's going into his second year if that does not get you excited detroit i don't know what will i love it man 
Weaver has an eye for talent. And no, you don't give up this pick. Uh Uh-uh. You don't. It's it's clear-cut. Cade has to be your guy. And I, I think this past year... You know, many people, because, again, even though they lost a lot, again, one of the worst records in the NBA, they're, they, they still have exciting players. Exciting players that can, get, that can keep butts in the seat and get you just amped up whenever a Pistons game is on. Uh, I, I've talked to many people who have said that they watched more Pistons basketball last year than they have in recent memory. Weren't good, but were fun and competitive. And for the first time in, in over a decade, you can see a foundation forming. You can see movement. And it's amazing what happens when you have an actual plan in place. And now they are going to have a new toy to play with. They have not had, the Pistons franchise has not had a number one pick since 1970. And that's when they drafted Big Bob Lanier. Isn't that something? First number one overall pick since 1970. I wasn't thought of. I was born in 1990. (laughs) It it feels good, man. It, It really feels good. It feels like Detroit sports are on the up and up. You know... And can you imagine just a summer league team? I mean, you know, I've, I've gotten really into summer league recently, you know, because you can check out which guys are on the wire to, to really make some noise for each franchise. And uh, just imagine the summer league team with, with Kay Cunningham, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, and Saban Lee. The Pistons may win the whole thing in the Summer League out in Las Vegas. Keep an eye on that. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it's, it's awesome. But I want to get your reaction to this. You know, as, as the Pistons landed this number one overall pick, what was your reaction to it? What should the Pistons do with that number one pick? I think, I think we're all – I think I'm – I'm in the majority in saying they should go with Kay Cunningham, but I'm wondering if there's anybody out there that, that says, well, I don't know. They should go this route. I don't know. What, what say you? 517-355-WKAR, 517-355-9527. And by the way, you know, this is great. I want to give a big shout-out to Dwayne Casey as well. Because I think Dwayne Casey is a great basketball mind. I think he's a great leader. He's a great coach. You know, and I always bring up the fact that, you know, the year before the Toronto Raptors, the team he was the leader of, the team he was the head coach of, the year before the Raptors won the championship, they decided to fire Dwayne Casey. And Dwayne Casey was unemployed. I think he was picked up by my Detroit Pistons. And, you know, only in the NBA 
where you can have a coach of the year. He was named coach of the year that year prior to. Only in the NBA can you have a coach of the year who is then fired. He coached the Raptors for seven seasons from 2011 to 2018. And then in 2019, we saw the Toronto Raptors win the NBA championship. And then Dwayne Casey had to go and coach my pitiful Detroit Pistons. But isn't this good for him now? To, to now have the number one overall draft pick, to have a young core that he can continue to develop, I mean, that's, that's awesome for him. I just feel happy for him because he's a great guy. He's a great basketball mind. And, um, you know, there's a video of Dwayne Casey actually erupting in, in celebration you know, it's circling. It's been circling around on, on social media, uh, a behind the scenes celebration by Casey and his family, um, and he's just he's just jumping around and he's just he's just ecstatic. Um, you know, if you want to see that video, just simply uh, follow my guy Omari Sankofa, who actually used to you know he's an MSU grad, good dude. Uh, Omari actually was uh, he helped out current sports a little bit when he was at Michigan State, um, covered Michigan State for a little bit. And now he's a Detroit Pistons beat reporter. But he's got a video um, of Dwayne Casey and his family celebrating that number one overall draft pick. Uh, And the quote is, quote, here's a treat for Pistons fans. Dwayne Casey, his family and Pistons scouts and front office members celebrating the lottery win. Uh, Video was recorded by Dwayne's wife, Brenda. Um, So you just see Dwayne, you know, he, he jumps up, fist pumping. His family's clapping in the background. They are yelling. Uh, everybody is just excited. It looked like they were, you know, at some kind of restaurant, um, and they are just hugs all around. It's it's beautiful, man. It, it really is beautiful. It just it just feels great. It feels great. It really does. Uh, it's a great day to be a Detroit Pistons fan, and I have not been able to say those words in a long time. <laughs> So the order for the top 14 picks of the 2021 NBA draft, and again, market calendars, it takes place on July 29th, so a little more than a month away. Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, Toronto, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Golden State, they got that pick from Minnesota, Orlando, they got that pick from Chicago, Sacramento, New Orleans, Charlotte, San Antonio, Indiana, and Golden State. That is how your top 14 NBA draft lottery picks panned out last night. It's always an exciting time as well. There's always drama with the NBA draft lottery. I love how you have, you know, different representatives from every team. I tell you what, the best negative reaction that they showed on camera was without a doubt, Swin Cash who represented the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, you know, they, they didn't get, you know, a top four pick, but they, they panned to Swin Cash, and she was just sitting there just so annoyed. It, it was it, it was pretty hilarious. Uh, it, it her, her apparent displeasure went viral. I mean, she was just sitting there with no emotion, just kind of shaking her head. Um, she instantly became a, a meme. <laughs> Without a doubt, man. 
Oh boy, you know she kind of like you know, her her lip was kind of frowned up, and she had like you know her eyes were low, just an, uh, annoyance. It was complete annoyance. So, <laughs> all right, what I want to do again, you can call in, let your let your voice be heard on on the Detroit Pistons nailing the uh, the number one overall draft pick. I would love to hear from you guys five one seven three five five WKAR. You can also go to Facebook dot com slash WKAR News, leave a comment anywhere there on our Facebook page. Go to Twitter and weigh in that way. You can tweet the show at WKAR News. You can tweet me directly at Al Martin, WKAR. When we come back from this first break, I want to talk about one of the best NBA playoff finishes in the history of the sport. Let's be real. You know, watching what went down last night, as the Phoenix Suns were able to squeak out a victory against the Los Angeles Clippers in Phoenix. The way that game ended was completely bonkers. It was insane. It was incredible. I probably woke up my neighbors, you know, because I, I, I had two yelling moments last night. One, my Pistons getting the number one overall draft pick. I yelled and ran around my living room like a, like a, I don't know, I don't know, like like a crazy guy. Uh <laughs> Uh, and then the second moment I went up and, and just couldn't contain myself and yelled and went crazy was the end of last night's Clippers and Suns game. Oh, got to talk about it. That and more. You are listening to the Wednesday Hump Day edition of WKAR's Current Sports. All right, welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. Folks, did you catch the end of that just completely amazing Phoenix Suns and L.A. Clippers game last night? If you missed it, you missed an absolute treat, folks. Uh, the, the Suns, they, they just really had everything go wrong in, in, you know, late in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals against the Clips. You know, you had a moment... In which uh, the, the Clippers just came came back. Um, there was a, there, there were many reviews, and and that is also a big talking point from many around the NBA world right now. You know, why do you have to review every little thing, every little detail? Who did the ball go out on? You know, uh, who was it off of? Um, how, you know, how much time is left on the clock? All, all of that stuff. But look. You know, I was watching SportsCenter for about an hour after that game finished last night, and I agree with Scott Van Pelt. You know, at the end of the day, there is so much on the line in these games. I mean, we're talking about the playoffs now. We're talking about championship implications for the final four teams left in the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. At the end of the day, when things get hot, you have the advantage of technology. Use it and get the call right. Because if you get the call wrong, that is all people are going to talk about the next day. And you're going to feel cheated. Simple as that. So in order to, I'd rather maintain the integrity of the game by leaning on technology and getting the call right than just being spontaneous and getting the call wrong. And then that's the talking point the following morning. And the team gets cheated out of an opportunity. That's not how you want to roll. 
All right. You want to get the call right. So I, I'm with Scott Van Pelt there. Mark Jackson also agreed. The only one that didn't agree was with Jeff Van Gundy. But I will say Jeff did make a good point on, on the one play in which Pat Beverly, Patrick Beverly, he pokes the ball out of Devin Booker's hands. And you see it if you really slow it down. I mean, he pokes the ball out of his hands, but the fingertips of Devin Booker are still on the basketball. You know, it's one of those things where, look, Pat Bev made the ball go out of bounds. That should be Suns basketball. But technically, it's who touched the ball last. And, hey, Devin Booker did touch the ball last. So, and, and, and Jeff made the right call there that it should be, that should be changed, all right? If you make the ball go out of bounds in that way, it should be, it should stay with that team. So I get that, and he did a great job of breaking that down. But other than that, man, I had no problem with how long the referees took to make sure that they got everything right when the kitchen got hot in that in those final like two minutes of that game. I have no problem with it. It was crazy though. It it, it was really a wild game that finished with DeAndre Ayton, who has turned into an amazing big man in a league in which the big man just isn't valued. You know, rarely do you see a big man who who camps in the paint and and does most of his dirty work in the paint for the majority of the game. Rarely do you see that. That's old school. That's 90s hoops right there. That's early 2000s hoops, man. You know, now it's turned into, like I said, you know, with Kay Cunningham. It's the Kay Cunningham, you know, situation where, you know, you got to have a big man who who can also shoot the J, right? Uh, but but Aiden is is a classic big man, and he's so athletic and he's so smart. There was point eight seconds on the clock. Point eight, and the Suns are down one hundred two to one hundred three, and actually point nine. It's point nine on the clock. And the the only way is you you know you got you either have to have to have a catch and shoot situation there, or you know and, and you're taking the ball out under your own basket. You have to throw it to the rim and hope that somebody just crams it in. And we all knew that. I mean, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy they shouted that out right before the play. You know, throw it up to DeAndre Ayton and see what he can do with it. You knew that was coming. You got to give Coach Mont. A lot of credit. Because, I mean, you know, he, he, Monty Williams, he told his team, and they caught, they got him on mic saying it, that, hey, DeAndre, you, it's going to have to be a dump. You got to put it in, throw it up near the rim. And, and, and everything has to be perfect. That's what makes that moment. And it's being called now the Valley Oop. And I love that name. That's a really cool name. It's being called the Valley Oop. It has to be perfect. Everything has to go perfect in order for that play to be executed and one you know three props here number one you got to give credit to Devin Booker who had an okay game last night he didn't have one of his like crazy 50 point games last night he 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 really struggled but he hit big buckets in big moments last night Especially that jumper with like 30 seconds left to give the Suns a one-point lead. Now, Paul George came back, and I'm going to get to Paul George in just a second. Paul George came back, went down the court, and gave the uh, the, the Clippers the lead again. 
right after that, that Devin Booker bucket. He was big in moments, but there was one particular moment that we wouldn't even be talking about the Valley Oop if Paul George would have handled business. And I'll get to that in a moment. But on that play, three things got to go right. So three props I got to give out. Devin Booker, who probably has a broken nose now. I'm, I'm not seeing anything about, you know, um, Booker's nose. But, you know, uh, his his nose collided with the dome of Pat Beverly. And he had to go out the game and get stitched up. And it was blood everywhere. It kind of reminded you of Steve Nash back in the day during the NBA playoffs. But um, I think his nose is is broken uh <laughs> uh and he's probably gonna have to wear a mask now i'm sure but um so he was already beaten up so to sit in there and set a perfect screen to give deandre aiden just a little room to plant his two feet and go up for a chance at the alley-oop number one that's amazing the screen was great it, it gave it gave DeAndre just a little bit of room to go up and get that basketball. Number two, the pass. The pass, folks. That pass had to be perfect. Had to be perfect. Not good, not great, but perfect. And, and, and it, it was it, it was right on the money from Jay Crowder's fingertips. If you look at it, there is a really cool slow-mo angle of that play. If you look at it, that ball was inches away from hitting the side of the backboard before it traveled over the rim. It somehow threaded the needle, missed the backboard, and then fell in the, in, in the palm of DeAndre Aiden right above the rim. Jay Crowder, just amazing. What a pass. And then DeAndre Aiden to go up, realize the moment, realize you only got .9, and just to stuff it in. That that was not an easy oop. And he had to, in, 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 on a normal basketball play, that would have been goaltending, offensive goaltending. But there is no offensive goaltending um, on an out-of-bounds play. And Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson did a great job of explaining that right after the play. So basket counts, Suns win, and that play goes down as one of the greatest moments in NBA playoff history. It's it's up there in terms of you know one of the greatest plays ever in, in Phoenix Suns history. Uh, it, it was remarkable watching that. And the angles, you know, Zubac uh, trying to to stop it. You know, if you're Ty Lue, man, you got to set that up better than that. You got you to gotta know that they're, they're, they're throwing it to the rim. They, they have only one option. Throw it to the rim. Keep everything in front of you. You, you can't allow that. It's inexcusable. But my goodness, was it a great, great play. A great call by Monty Williams and perfectly executed by the Phoenix Suns. I mean, does it get any better than that, right? That, that The NBA playoffs just never cease to amaze me every single year, especially this season. We have had some fun, fun games, folks. You know, that, that Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets game seven from last weekend 
You know, I could bring up the Damian Lillard, like 50 point effort. You know, it was a losing effort, but you know, uh, that, that incredible performance earlier, right? We've had some really great, entertaining edge of your seat games. And I just look forward to seeing, you know, now what happens. I mean, is it, is it over for the clips? I don't know. You know, without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, let me get to Paul George now. Because without Kawhi Leonard, it all falls on the shoulder of Paul George to go out there and win this game. And you're in much better position if you can steal one on the road coming back to to L.A. with, with the series tie 1-1, which it should have been tied 1-1. Because we're not even talking about the Valley Oop. We're not even talking about a Phoenix Suns win. If Paul George does one of the most simple things that you can do as an athlete on the basketball court. And that is, if you are fouled, you go to the foul line where it's just you and the rim. Where no hand is in your face. Where where, where no one is guarding you. If you go... And, and and go to the charity stripe and and miss those free throws, it will haunt you. And you can lose basketball games. You make them, and we're not even talking about the Valley Oop. Paul George missed two, yes, not one, but two crucial free throws. If he if he just makes one of those, we're going to overtime, right? But he missed two, and and that's something that he does not do. Paul George does not miss two free throws. But he did. He did. And it's a cruel twist in, in the legacy that is Paul George because he's known to have bad moments in the NBA playoffs. You know, um, he's known for it. Yeah, I don't need to rehash and, get, and give you the, the countless examples of Paul George and how he has not shown up in the NBA playoffs. But wow, man! I mean, he had he had an opportunity. He he's at that free throw line in the final seconds of game two, and he blew two of them. And then it goes in possession of the Suns, and they got a chance. <laughs> oh boy, you 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 can't write this stuff, man. And 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 it's not fair, but that's how sports work, right? The bigger the stage, the better you have to be, especially if you consider yourself a superstar. If you are a superstar in the league, those are the moments that people talk about for years. Those are the moments when people debate legacies about the greatest to ever play in this game. Those are the moments they bring up. And and if you shine in those moments, your legacy is great. But if you falter, especially something as simple as making free throws, if you falter, you will be criticized. When the moment is there, you take it. You don't miss. Especially twice at the free throw line. You just can't, especially when you are one of the Clippers' best free throw shooters and the player whom the team 
purposefully got the ball to during the most important offensive possession of the game. I don't know. I think he let the crowd get into his head. Maybe he's affected by, you know, the, the heavy load that he's had to carry with Kawhi Leonard injured. Because in the last four games, George has played at least 40 minutes three times, including a 45-minute outing in the series clincher against the Jazz on Friday. He's played a lot of minutes. But still, these are free throws. Put the game away. PG-13 had some great moments in that game where, you know, he had big-time shots. Then he had the full-court layup. You know, splitting defenders to give the Clips the lead. That was beautiful. You got to put that game away, man. So it's going to be tough. Now you go home and you got to, you, you, you have to climb yourself out of a, a, a two game series uh, hole. And that's going to be tough to do. Especially because the Suns will probably have Chris Paul back, the best point guard in the NBA, one of the greatest point guards of all time. And a big shout-out to Cam Payne. Cameron Payne came in in Chris Paul's absence last night and had the game of his life. A career-high 29 points for Chris Paul's stand-in. Cam Payne was amazing. So many layers to that game last night. That, that was one of... That, that may have been my favorite game of the NBA playoffs so far. That's going to be tough to top. Very, very tough to top. But we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight as the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks will get it on. This will be game one of the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see what happens as Trey Young squares up against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, as I mentioned on yesterday's Current Sports, I am going with the Milwaukee Bucks to win that series. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think this game could. I think this series could go seven games. I'm going to say Bucks and Six, though. That's my prediction. All right. Uh, final break. When we come back, I'll put a bow on this Wednesday hump day edition of WKAR's Current Sports. All right, folks, as we take you on home here on this Wednesday edition of WKAR's Current Sports, I want to let you guys know that Michigan State football, you know, I I had some recruiting news yesterday when it came to the Spartans, uh, and and now I have more today. Mel Tucker and his team are going to work. Uh, Tucker added another key specialist to um, his next recruiting class, and that's going to be kicker slash punter Jack Stone from Highland Park High in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Jack Stone announced his commitment to the Spartans on Twitter um, today. Yeah, that happened. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Yesterday, yesterday. Uh, And now that marks their 10th for the class of 2022 and 8th from out of state. So uh, Stone is 5'11", 190 pounds, He was rated a five-star prospect and the number 11 kicker in the 2022 class uh, by Chris Saylor Kicking, a very big kicking recruiting website. Um, And he can also handle uh, kickoffs as well. So uh, there is uh, another big get there as uh, Mel Tucker continues to go to work. Um, Also want to let you guys know that Vanessa Bryant, the wife of, 
of the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, um, who uh, sadly passed away uh, in that uh, in that helicopter crash alongside his uh, his daughter Gigi and and others. My goodness, uh, just tragedy, right? Last year, uh, Vanessa Bryant though has agreed to settle a lawsuit against the pilot and owners of the helicopter that crashed last year, and um, again uh, taking the life of Kobe, Gianna, and seven others. Bryant. Uh, Vanessa Bryant, her children and relatives of the additional victims, they filed a settlement agreement notice yesterday with a federal judge. Um, but terms of um, the settlement weren't disclosed. Now, if approved by court, the settlement would end a negligence and wrongful death lawsuit filed against the estate of the pilot and the owner and operator of the helicopter that crashed into a hillside. So uh, an update on uh, on that uh, tragic story there. And uh, uh, more Pistons news. This one was kind of making the rounds as the uh, the Suns and uh, Clippers game was on last night. But Los Angeles Lakers guard Alex Caruso was arrested in Texas for marijuana possession. How random of a story is that? Alex Caruso looks like he's just a clean-cut guy, does no wrong. Uh <laughs> But it's like it's it's marijuana. Marijuana is like legal, legal everywhere, right? So yeah, I I don't know. Uh, well, looking at the story here, uh, Lieutenant Bobby Richardson of the Texas A and M Police Department he told ESPN's Ramona Shelburne uh, that around two p.m. Central Time, Caruso tried to board a flight at Easterwood Airport in College Station, Texas, and. Uh, the Transportation and Security Administration, the TSA, searched Caruso's bags and found a herb grinder that contained marijuana. Now, according to online records, Caruso was arrested for possession of less than two ounces of marijuana. He was released after posting bond. So, yeah, there you have that. If you're trying to fly with it, you can't do that. So, yeah, you'll be in cuffs. But for the most part, again, if you have a small amount of marijuana on you, I mean, you're not going to be arrested. You know, it's changing times here in America. So, yeah, that was a random, random story. All right, folks. <laughs> but that will do it for today's current sports, folks. What we'll have, uh, we'll have Jason Ruff, play-by-play voice of the Odessa Jackalopes down in Texas. Speaking of Texas, right? Uh, he'll be on the show with us tomorrow. You don't want to miss that. But until then, I want you all to be safe, be smart, and be easy, people.